On this episode of Geek Out Loud, it's yet another get-together with Chewy's Cantina over at geekoutonline.com slash cantina and a collector's spotlight as we talk to cantina member Sean Chevalier. Chevy! Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. My name's Steve Glosson. So glad to have you along with us. And we have, as well, on this episode, a collector spotlight. We'll bring him on in right out of the gate. Uh, he is the uh, the founder of Chewy's Cantina, the collecting group over at, uh, over at Facebook. You can get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash cantina. A lot of good things happening over there. A lot of good times taking place. Uh, you know him as Lethargic Chewy. He's my good friend, your good friend, Lucas Butler. What's happening tonight, Lucas? Hello, friends. It's good to be back with you. Always nice to hang out with uh, Steve and our special guest on our collector spotlight here in the cantina. So we also all together. So. Yeah, we also um, Lucas. You brought back this past week um, an old feature. Um, oh, yeah. from, from back in the day, you brought back Chewy lunch with Chewy. Yeah, that was a lot of fun Tuesday. I appreciate you joining me. Um, and something, some of your listeners and your YouTube subscribers may have noticed. We've kind of done some, uh, um, some collaboration as far as with geek out loud and Chewy's yep. cantina. Yep. So yep. you can find the episode of lunch with Chewy on the geek out loud YouTube channel. If you want to tune into that. So. Right now, obviously it's going to be too late to buy anything when, when you go, oh, but, yeah. it, but, but it is fun. Cool. We do talk toys. It's a lot of fun to look back on some of these sales and kind of see what some of the folks had. And also to kind of familiarize yourself with the way that some of these sales at Chewy's cantina goes. And so we invite you to check it out at geekoutonline.com slash watch, I believe is the YouTube channel is the easiest way to get there. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Uh, when we hit, uh, I guess when we, I guess the next big milestone would be 500, but because I don't want to wait that long to do a fun live celebration, um, we'll probably do a 300 subscriber celebration next. So we'll probably start subscribing at all the hundred marks. So, uh, head over there and subscribe to our YouTube. We look forward to, uh, to more content. I've got some ideas just, just all buzzing around up here and stuff. So it'll be, it'll be fun. So now on these type episodes, when we team up with the cantina, we like to, uh, to dig into the group and we've got, I think we've got a backlog. I think we got several people lined up, ready to rock and roll with some spotlights and stuff. And so it's just, uh, talking to the guys who are in the group with us, who participate in some of these sales, who, um, who just kind of like to hang out and talk toys with everyone else and maybe catch a good deal every now and again. And tonight is no different from up in, uh, up, up outside of Pittsburgh, up in the Pennsylvania region of the country. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Geek Out Loud and Chewy's Cantina Collector Spotlight, Sean Chevalier, a.k.a. Chevy. Sean, welcome, sir. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Now, I want to get something out of the way real quick. You go by Chevy. That's, of course, a play off the last name there. But um, do you drive a Chevy? 
that would be a huge resounding no. That would be a so uh, wait you 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 fell out there so a huge resounding no. Yeah, we drive a Dodge Ram. Dodge Ram. Chevy drives a Dodge. All right. That's right. Man, hit a hot button there, man. Well, I know, like that's a huge resounding no. Chevy, I got to tell you something. You seem like you belong down here in Georgia with the rest of the rednecks. Hey, I don't drive no Chevy. I'm out there in a Dodge Ram, son. <laughs> that's exactly right. The Hemi likes to go fast, and uh, you know, just because uh, y'all are in the South, you don't have the uh, you know the market cornered on rednecks. They're all over the place. Hey, buddy, <laughs> I got to tell you something straight up. I lived for a year in Minnesota. And there was this dude there that I knew, and um, he was a young guy. He was a he was a high school kid, and he he had a date with this girl lined up, and it was like this exciting thing because dude was going to have a date, and um, and he ended up breaking the date. And I'm like, what happened, man? Why'd you do? He said, well, I had to stay home. One of my dogs got sick, <laughs> and I was like, and he said that in a Minnesota accent. He's like, you know, one of my dog, one of my dogs got sick, you know, and so I'm like. You should say that with a southern drawl. That's you. You don't sound like that's something you should be saying. But guys, guys' priorities were in order. His hunting dog was sick, and so he had to stay home and take care of his hunting dog. So, uh, that's true. He probably had the hunting dog longer than the date. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> what that works. That's true, Chevy. Yeah. That's what he said. I mean, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it was then that I learned. Hey, rednecks are everywhere. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you with us, man. It's going to be a good time talking some toys and stuff. And we were kind of talking a little bit before we got, before we got rolling here. And as with a lot of people in the cantina, your collecting starts way back, uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, you, you kind of got on that star Wars train back in the day you told me. So yeah. when, how old were you? What, what was the first star Wars you saw? What, how did you get into star Wars? You know, we don't want to give away age and everything, but go ahead and and walk us through that. Like, when did you um, see it, and what and and what do you remember? What your first Star Wars collectible, your toy was? What were you rocking as a kid there? Well, Steve and Lucas, I'm not ashamed to tell you. My name is Sean Chevalier. I'm 49 years old, and I like to walk down by the Ohio River. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I saw the very first Star Wars in movie theaters in 1977. That would have made me five. Um, as far as collecting, um, I don't know if I could really call it collecting back then, because to me, when I first, uh, the first two toys that I do remember getting from the Star Wars uh, vintage, now vintage line, was the uh, talking Imperial Troop Transport. Wow. And the Droid Factory. Wow. Uh, okay. They were just, to be honest with you, and this might shock people, but to me, they were just toys. Yeah. Right. I, right. I played with them. Yeah. Of course we did. Um, what kind of childhood did you have? I was, <laughs> I was, I was an ugly child. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to quote Steve Martin from The Jerk, but I won't do that. Yeah. Don't do um, that. Yeah. But the, uh, you'll get us canceled. Whenever, uh, I guess you can say I really started, I mean, focusing on something, I guess my first collection would be the vintage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle lines. Okay, uh, cool. You know, I worked as a teenager, as a lifeguard at the local pool and every, everything, uh, you know, 
saved up money and you know like every other thursday i would take a trip up to one of the local malls uh i got in with the manager of a <clears throat> kb toys uh got to be friends he and i and like every other week uh on a thursday the trucks would come in and he would allow me just to go through the boxes before he put anything on if i wanted this one or this is a new one you know <laughs> you jerk <laughs> one of those guys yeah well you know it just uh it was a real neat way that the friendship came about because we weren't looking for it i wasn't going hey you know i give you 50 bucks here if you let me in on the toys first it just you know it kind of sort of happened right and right it was really cool yeah that you know that I I can't say much. I I've got a buddy that we used to do some toy hunting together, and he got buddy buddy with the friend, you know, with the managers at Target and uh, Toys R Us. And I even at one point was in with the toy manager, the toy section manager of Walmart in our little town, you know. And um, yep. and so that it was yeah. So I mean, if you're seen around those places enough, you kind of start having conversations and talking to folks as it is. So, but absolutely. I, but you mentioned something. You talked about something before, before before we get to turtles. You know, you talked about the idea that you know, for us and in, in our generation, um, that those things we got when we were kids, those were toys. You know, we weren't sitting there thinking, "Well, should I open this? I don't want to mess it up." You know, we we weren't sitting there thinking, uh, you know, "Hey, I need to keep this in pristine mint condition because one day, you know, it's going to be worth it, worth something." And I had heard the term collector's item before, you know, from, I guess, plate commercials on television whenever they were selling the plates on those, you know, yeah, the the wall plates. But but to think of Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and Boba Fett as as collector's items, you know, it wasn't a big thing. I kept my I kept my toys in played with condition and I tried to keep from, you know, I tried to keep from breaking them or messing them up because I wanted to have toys to play with. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in 1977, though, with me being five now, had I had been 20 at the time, maybe it would have been, okay. well, I think this is going to be big. So, all right, I'm going to buy two of these. I'm going to put one away where it'll never see sunlight or, you know, have air breathe on it or a fly land on it. (laughs) Right. And, you know. 1997 go hey look this is in mint pristine condition it's never been mm-hmm. punched or you know, the terms that we know now uh you know i can you know like i said i can remember 78 whenever you know christmas came around hey look it's luke skywalker i didn't gingerly set him <laughs> oh, down it went, no. that's <laughs> right later, there went the plastic there went the card and it was running around a house with luke yeah yeah so, but I, I really think age had a lot to do with that. Right. I was five. I was six when I got my toys and that's what they were. And yep. once again, they never saw outside. They were in played with condition. I had all the boxes, uh, you know, the at my ad at when my childhood ad at when I was done playing with it, it went back in the garage mm-hmm. yep. and you know, and it was put away in the closet and everything. And when friends came over or family members come over, you know, we went down to the basement where 
that was where the fun place that's was. That's right. That's where the kids played. Yep. That's great. And we would take the toys out. We would play. And if somebody got a little bit too rough, there was usually a fist fight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I remember, and, I, and I said, I've said this on, on multiple shows multiple times before, that, you know, my family, we had, we, we never wanted for anything as kids. We weren't rich or wealthy or anything, but, you know, my parents would save up and give us a good Christmas. And, and so, um, you know, and then every now and again, there'd be the surprise star Wars figure here or there, you know, but, um, but, but we didn't get just anything we wanted. I never had an ad at as a child, you know, for example. Um, and, and so, but there were kids who lived behind us next door behind us. Um, we lived on the corner. So we had behind the door neighbors and next door neighbors. And so our backyard neighbors, those kids seemed to have everything cool. They had all the biggest transformers. They had all the cool star Wars stuff. And they would lose parts and pieces. Like I'd go in, I'm like, oh my gosh, you have Metroplex. Let's play with him. Well, he's missing this. He's missing that. I'm like, why do, how are you just losing this stuff? This is vital. You can't just lose. And, and it would just infuriate me to no end to see that they were just like, they didn't care. They were just like, oh, flipping about it. And I'm like, it always killed me when, when I would realize, oh, I've lost a piece to this or I've lost, you know, and it'd be like, and there would always be something in me that. I was constantly keeping an eye out for it, you know. Gun falls off a snow speeder. I'm constantly looking for that turret, you know, for that gun. You know, the right. rest of the rest of my childhood, I'm always like, well, maybe it got back here in the back of the closet here, the back of this cabinet there. Maybe I should just dig a little deep, you know. Um, and and so those kind of things. To this day, I'm like, where in the world did Bosk's gun go? I like I, that's one I specifically remember losing, and I remember when I had it last, and I remember. The opening up the Vader case and it not being there. And it has infuriated me to this day that I lost Bosk's gun. And and so um so yeah, if you had kids come to the house, family, especially if they were family, and be abusive to your toys, that didn't that didn't fly at all. Absolutely at all. not. It's funny that you mentioned about like you you know, you said you had the next door neighbors or the behind you neighbors right. that seemed to have everything. Well, one of the things that I didn't have, and I don't know if you can see it up there, the Rancor Monster. Mm, yep. Never had that as a kid. That one up there that's in the box was my best friend's. Oh, wow. Um, he bought it because it went on clearance at JCPenney's. The only thing that's wrong with it, uh, it's still in the box. It is still tie-wrapped. It has all the paperwork. The tape has just over the 40 years just come undone sure yeah and it's sitting on my shelf and i always told him just joking around one of these days i'm going to go up in your mom and dad's attic and i'm going to steal your rancor well <laughs> he started the the geek den as i like to call it he brought it down he said here this probably means more to you than it does to me and wow. it, it's on my shelf that's awesome that is so cool see it's stuff yeah. like that i mean it's those moments like i never had a rancor either and, um, and that's one of those things that I still have never gotten my hands on one. Um, I don't know what I would do with it at this point. If I got one, you know, I, I don't have the room to display it or anything, but, um, but yeah, that like that's, you know, I have, I have a similar, well, not a similar, but I have an ad at story that kind of runs along those lines. I never had an ad at as a kid. And, um, we were in a flea market. I was in a flea market with a friend of mine down in Jacksonville, Florida. Dude had a little shop, little kiosk. He had all kinds of star Wars stuff there. 
And um, and he had an ad at there, vintage ad at, good price. Only thing was missing were the chin guns. He had one chin gun, and um, and so he wasn't going to sell the chin gun with the ad at. And I talked him into it. I'm like, dude, come on, man, you've got to, you, you know, I could. It's going to be easier for me to find one than both. You're not. No one's going to come through here looking for a chin gun. You're at you're at a freaking um, flea market here in outside of Jacksonville, Florida, man. Come on. So he, we, I, you know, he sold it to me. I get the thing home. It was dusty. It was messed up. And so I go to clean it. I'm, and I'm, I've got, you know, I've got some warm soapy water and a little toothbrush and I'm just going over, clean it, dry off. And I turn it up to kind of get to the underbelly and I hear something rattling. I'm like, what in the world's going on? So I open the battery compartment and there's the second chin gun that someone had tucked down in the battery compartment. You rat. Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, huzzah, you know, <laughs> so, so there's the ad at with the chin gun and, and then you flash forward several years, um, in getting ready for my wedding and everything. I was selling off all kinds of stuff. I ended up selling that ad at as well as, uh, my childhood Imperial shuttle and the dude oh. who bought and the dude who bought it is local. And, um, a couple of months ago, he's like, Hey man, do you want these back? You know, he said, I feel like you get more use out of them than I do. And I'm and I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to do that. And so, but he brought them back by and socially distancing, just left them on my porch and said, they're out there, go get them. Yeah, and so, them. so they're back. So that was a, that was an incredible act of kindness from, from the oh, dude. That, that, that's an amazing story, dude. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great times. It's good stuff. But that's, but see, that's kind of the, that's where I get into like the joy of collecting. It's the fun of it. And then, and then, and then, you know, like you say, there is a nostalgia trip to it because we played with these things as kids. And so sure, some of our stuff got beat up, but there's always something really special when you run into something that you had that's in pretty decent shape and you're able to then have it again. And then, and then to run into that thing that you never really had, but you always kind of wanted, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and to be able to obtain it is just like, it's almost it's almost like scratching an itch that you haven't been able to get to for forty years, you know. It's, it's like the itch, the itch that I just recently scratched about six months ago was the kid sized Han Solo blaster. Oh, nice! Yeah, uh, yeah. Loose, complete condition, pretty decent. Uh, got it for a good price. Uh, that was one of those, uh, Santa's not going to bring that to you because it's, uh, a gun. Mm, okay. It happens. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's how parents were back then, but then there's my dad who was an avid hunter and I was around, you know, firearms my whole life. Right. <laughs> I don't know. They weren't, they weren't laser pistols. Hey, don't. Well, that's true, Lucas. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I had the uh, I had the Han Solo blaster. It was the Return of the Jedi, um, uh, labeled one. So uh, I know that Lucas recently. Then I then I came into possession of a Star Wars labeled one, and I was able to get a battery cover I needed. And Lucas actually got that off of me, and I think he since sold that off to someone else. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. You still have it? Right there. Okay. Let's pan out a little bit. Cool. Uh oh. We're here. We go. We're going on a trip. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. I got a stand for it and everything. Yeah. Kind of look all three with mine, Lucas. Uh, nice. Yeah. That's, that that was the but that was the thing. Even with that, even with my Return of the Jedi, when I had you know as a kid, you know, it was the whole idea was like 
you're actually playing with it. It's not like, hey, look at my cool prop. You're you're running around and you're you're blasting stormtroopers or you know whatever you know if you're playing GI Joe this time or if you're playing Transformers this time or just playing war with your friends. You know you you and so these things these things were made to play and and that's what we did so much. So even, even the uh, well, I guess they're you know few and far between now, but the whistling lightsabers, the yes. ones that actually yeah, yeah I can remember. Uh, my buddy and his next door neighbor, when we would play Star Wars, one had the red one, the other one had the yellow one. And we used to beat back and forth on each other with those things. And, and, and you know, you had the stress fractures in them and they kind of, you know, went like this. And, oh, well, you know what? You're 18. We're just going to throw this away now. And you're yeah. going, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, all of my stuff, it was really interesting. I mean, had a, had a long conversation. It felt like a long conversation, but it was just a quickie conversation with my mom when I was getting ready to go to college. She's like, well, I guess we need to do something with all this stuff in your closet. And, um, she said, what do you want to do with it? I said, well, let's just, she said, well, I've got some of these Rubbermaid totes. We can just put in there and sit out in the storage room. I'm like, that's fine with me. Put it in the storage building. So when I got out of college and got ready to come home and settle down somewhere, you know, and have my own place. I was out of that storage building. Sure enough, there they'd all was just waiting on me to get, get out again. And of course now throughout, you know, through the miracle of time and all the temperature changes out in the un climate controlled storage building, there was a little bit of yellow in here and there that I didn't expect to take place. But, um, but you know, it's still, but it's still my stuff. And you know, it was, it, it mattered to me. So, so you, you get hooked. Like you mentioned college. Because I have a similar college story uh, with my Ninja Turtle collection. Mm. Uh, the first weekend I came home from college and my dad's sitting on the couch. My mom had come up and got me. And the first thing I did, made a beeline straight up to my room. And my dad heard, okay, and pardon the language, what the hell happened to them? Oh, no. <laughs> and I come down the stairs. Now, I had bookshelves with them all opened up and all posed with everything that I could. Mm -hmm. And I looked straight at my mom. I said, where are they at? She goes, well, you're in college now. You know, it's time to put. And I went, don't go into my room and touch my things anymore. Mm. And my dad's <laughs> sitting on the couch just laughing, <laughs> smiling. What? When got three cardboard boxes, I put them all back up on the shelves, and I can hear my dad down the stairs going, "Told you not to put your hands on them." <laughs> nice, nice. Dad got it. Mom kind of got it, but mm, you know, oh well. Yeah, uh, it's it's it. You know, it's one of those things that you know. My like I say, my parents are real good about when I was getting ready to to go off about like, well. Let's not throw it away, you know, because they recognized how much that stuff had meant to me as a kid growing up. Right. And so, um, so, so like I say, rather than throw it away, we were able to put it in storage and I was able to, you know, get it all these years later. But now, so we move forward in time from Star Wars <clears throat> and you say the collecting kind of bug really hits you. Um, around the time of the turtles. So that would put you, if you were five, when star Wars came out, turtles comes around, you're 15, 16 years old when right. the turtles toys start hitting and everything. So what now I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw When I'm 15, 16, I'm going around in my little area that I live in down in deep South Georgia, trying to find anywhere that'll sell comic books. 
and buying comic books, but I never quite got on the Turtles thing, you know, a few years prior. So what was it about the Turtles that, that sucked you in as a teenage kid? Because that's, you know, usually teenage kids are like, they kind of keep that stuff to themselves. And that's what I was doing with the comic books. I didn't really go and be like, hey, let me tell you guys about all my comic stuff. <laughs> Uh, to be honest with you, Stephen Lucas, I didn't care what anybody thought about me. That's I, was what I'm t- geek. I was a Star Wars geek. I didn't care. There you go. Um, we were seventh, eighth, ninth grade. You know, a bunch of us would watch the G.I. Joe cartoon. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, wasn't too deep into that. couple figures here and there that I thought were neat. Of course, I'm not a Joe. I'm a Cobra. Mm. Uh, I also am a Cobra Kai, too. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Uh, but I come home, you know, from school the one day I go to turn the TV on and all of a sudden I hear that now famous theme song. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? I said, I was hooked. <laughs> it was the first cartoon. Yeah. Wow. So it was probably, I don't know, maybe a month, two months after that, uh, a bunch of us went to a place up in Pittsburgh, uh, records and comics shop. And there it sat. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1, first printing, 10 bucks. Wow. Eastman and Laird you're talking about? Absolutely. Wow. Was the, uh, it was the magazine, the error that they made from, from issues 1, 2, 3, and 4. And uh, I said, oh, okay, well, I kind of like the cartoon. Let's see. And I get it home, and I'm reading it. And, of course, you know, you handle comics with kid gloves. Sure. So you're not bent. Right. And I'm going, this is nothing like <laughs> the cartoon. They're cussing. They're drinking beer. There's the bad guy dies in the first issue. Okay, I need more. Mm. So I started, if this was the timeline started back here, I kind of started up here somewhere, jumped back. And then it was full steam ahead. But dude, to be able to get your hands on a on a first issue Eastman and Laird Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I mean, for ten bucks, that's huge. I mean, like, even even around the time they were starting to hit the cartoon, it of course it hadn't blown up, I guess, like it was going to. Exactly. But, but you hit that at just the right time, you know, because yeah, it wouldn't be I, too much longer after that. You wouldn't have been able to get your hands on that thing for Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, it, it, it went, Turtle Mania went, like, completely crazy. And, you know, of course, you had your differences. You had to do a child cartoon as opposed to the violent, right? you know, comics that actually came out. But, you know what, like I said, it, it was enough for me to be able to say, okay, I can separate the comics from the cartoons. Because the cartoons, yeah, you know. And people, you know, and even back then, what, what are you watching that for? Because I think it's cool. Yeah. I, I don't care what, you know, you want to go do this, that, and do whatever. That's great. I don't slam on you. Don't slam on me and my collection mm-hmm. or my love for something that's plastic. Right. Yep. And, you know, and it just, like I said, it just, it just was like a snowball rolling downhill and it didn't make a difference. Oh, look, we've got, uh, you know, the head dropping turtles or the talking ones. And they made so many different ones and little Sean had to have them all. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's, what's cool about, about it is, is like, I, I didn't really, the, I was in a point where I wasn't necessarily getting out of cartoons, but I had a lot of friends who like to play outside on Saturdays. And so for us, there was a lot of like, 
you know, get getting together down at this place or that place or fishing over here, doing this over here. And so I wasn't actively watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I would kind of catch it every now and again. And it was a cool little cartoon. I collected the the first series of the trading cards, you know, the cartoon, because I loved non-sports trading cards back in the day. And so I had the gist, but I wasn't going to get into the toys. I wasn't getting into the toys or anything like that. Um, but man, it, it really did just capture a lot of people's imaginations and, and, and whatever, you know, there was, it, there was something about it. I've seen it done, you know, it, throughout the eighties, there was a lot of things that captured all of our imaginations. You know, you look at star, it kind of starts with star Wars. You roll through GI Joe, a real American hero. Transformers has got to be in that conversation. Yep. He man. But once you get to that tail end of he man and Transformers, you know, G.I. Joe kind of kept plugging along, but they... You mean it's not a Silverhawks fan? Well, I, I did like Silverhawks, but I don't... But Silverhawks didn't, like, capture the zeitgeist the way that the, right. those other things did. And it seemed like everything kind of petered out around 86, 87-ish, and then, boom, a couple of years later, here are the Turtles. And I mean... It was huge. Like it, it was, you, you called it Turtlevania and it, and it was so big as someone who was kind of sucked in there, explain to me who I like them. I'm not against them or whatever. What was it that like brought you in on the turtles? Wow. Well, from a cartoon point of view, like I said, it was just something I had never had seen before. Okay. You've got four walking humanoid <laughs> turtles, a right. uh, humanoid rat that, you know, that was their sensei that yeah. taught him how to, you know, fight and, and everything. And then whenever you brought Shredder in, I thought Shredder was kind of a unique character. Mm -hmm. uh, but once again, going back and then reading the original cart or comic book, I should say, it was just, okay, now we're going to have to separate a little bit, but still you learn the actual origins from, the original comic books and then how they had to twist it a little bit to make it kid friendly. Okay. It was just like a whole different story to me. It wasn't like, Oh, okay. Uh, you know, we have a man from Krypton that comes down and he can do anything because right. he's an alien or a rich guy that dresses up like a flying rodent. And, you know, can, it, it was something that was totally different. Mm -hmm. And, how they presented it with in the cartoons, the mutagen that can turn anybody or anything into part animal, part human. It just, it something just captivated me. I always liked the monsters and stuff like that. Yeah. Huge Halloween fan. In fact, I got married on Halloween. Mm. Uh, hey, quick question. You got married on Halloween. Did you wear that stormtrooper costume when you got married? The one behind you? <laughs> <laughs> If it would have fit. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, Lucas, we uh, we had a normal wedding. Gotcha. Uh, un un unfortunately, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it was normal. So. Oh, yeah, you know. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the whole storyline of that just, you know, just captivated me. It was something, in my mind, it was new. It was, you know neat uh you got, you got four turtles walking around that love pizza okay well i was a teenager at the time yes i liked pizza and yes because <laughs> of the turtles i have tried peanut butter on pepperoni and it's not bad oh what i don't know <laughs> about all that now so you just gotta go for chunky jiff 
Um, well, let me let me ask you this: as a con- you, as a self-professed comic book geek, you said you were big into comics and everything as well. Did you pick up on because I didn't I didn't pick up on this until years later. Um, the 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 parody that Eastman and Laird were doing with like some of the elements of Daredevil and all. Um, I uh, I didn't pick up on that honestly, Steve, till about ten years ago. Yeah, me the same same like that's no. I, I saw someone there was an article about it or a blog about it where someone's like you know. In uh, in Turtles, they have the Foot Clan, which is a which is a playoff of the hand. Um, Absolutely, you know, stick and splinter, stick and splinter, yeah, those kinds of things. But let's even go deeper down the rabbit hole. The uh, young boy that was walking across the street in the original comics, and the man that dove to get him out of the way—that's Matt Murdock. Oh wow! Okay, didn't know that. See, I've never read that's, any of those original comics. What, yeah, the canister smacked him in the head and caused you know. So yeah, it's kind of one thing, and just we had Image and Marvel just kind of split right, off. Just split off. And... We're huge Jack Kirby fans, and you know, it was kind of paying an homage to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that until like I say until years later, and I and I had no idea what you were just saying because I've never read those original issues of of the Turtles. My my exposure to Turtles is cartoon, and and I don't even know that I've seen the the original movies all the way through. Um, oh, blasphemy! The, <laughs> oh, blasphemy. Go ninja, go ninja, go! Yeah, I know. Steve, I can't believe that. It's a true story. It's a it's a true story. I've got them on DVD. I just never. Uh, I, listen, you Nika Turtles over there. He doesn't know what he, he he's not telling the truth. Yeah. You know, he loves you guys. He's just he, he's just having fun. No, it's true. I it, it's true. It's it's um it's it's a true thing. So yeah. Watch, watch the first one all the way through. Watch the second one all the way through, and uh, then watch rewatch the first one. There you uh, go. <laughs> throw, throw the third one away. You tell me, stay away from Turtles in Time. Uh, if you want to call it Turtles in Time, yeah, it, uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three kind of. Well, wasn't that what it was? Wasn't Teenage Mutant Turtles three Turtles in Time? Uh, that was actually the name of the video game. The video game. Now that's the other exposure that I had was the the NES first Nintendo the the Turtles game on the NES. But oh, then the stand up arcade games where oh, yeah. you could do the four players at one time. Or I guess they oh, had them yeah. on Super NES as well. I love yep. that. I love that junk, man. That was some good times. Oh. That NES Turtles game. Am I the only one that had a hard time with it? Like after a certain no, point, every living being that bought that game <laughs> to this day i still curse severely at that game yeah it was it was a little bit difficult it was it wasn't the easiest game in the world to play no it was a lot difficult yeah there was little about it <laughs> so uh, yeah one where donatello's stick would come out like this instead of actually yes you know, yes yeah, exactly yeah. i know exactly what you're talking about yeah it was it was a uh, good times fact, good times in fact i think that game got me grounded for a couple times because of my language. Oh, and, and, and that was just two, three years ago. Now, is uh, it, is it wrong to say, I didn't, I didn't see this latest run of turtles movies. I didn't see the first one, but the second one, when they told me they were bringing in bebop and Rocksteady, I was like, well, I need to watch this and see how they pull this off. And on the big screen, and I went and saw, and I had so much fun with that mess. It was just such a good time to me that, like, 
it it was such a callback to that cartoon that I'd, I'd always seen a little bit here and there of. And I just, I thought that is, I thought it was a great time. Um, The Jim Henson ones, the live action ones with right. the actors and everything will always be near and dear to my heart sure. because I, I always loved Jim Henson as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what he did to put life into the suits and everything was incredible i'm not taking anything away from the actors that did the cgi i i enjoyed the uh the michael bay i guess it was yeah, turtle the, the bay turtles yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it was uh let's see it, it, i don't want to say a love-hate relationship but uh you know i there were great elements in it and i think they did a good good job with them now Sean, that, that that brings me back to something you just mentioned, Jim Henson, and I'm going to be honest with you because we hadn't really interacted much before this. I actually Facebook stalked your um your page um yesterday when we were messaging back and forth. I know, I know. Don't don't be scared, don't be oh. scared. Um, but I saw a ton of Muppet love on oh, yeah. on your Facebook page, and so oh, yeah. so here we go, sir. That's now listen, let me let me explain to you where worlds have now collided. There's been a couple of places, and I can't believe it took you saying Jim Henson to jog my memory that I saw that and said, Well, here forget everyone else. I'm about to talk to a new friend about the Muppets. Um we we we've got that in common. And then earlier you mentioned when I asked about the 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 um the penguins and the Steelers stuff, you said you're more of a stone cold undertaker guy. So see, we've got Lucas, we'll see you, buddy. We've got a lot of ground to cover here. <laughs> Muppets are my jam. Like I have. There was a third guy here named Luke. That's right, exactly. Oh, I, just, I just do the technological stuff. That's right, uh, Luke. Uh, that, you're that all right, said, I love you, down deep. Uh, you know. That being said, if you're on the Facebook side and you got a question for Sean, make sure you put that in the feed, and we'll come to it. So yeah. So go ahead. Sorry, Steve. That's go fine. After. I just Muppets are my jam, man. I absolutely um, love love. The, the Muppets and, and Jim Henson. Jim Henson is one of the few like celebrity deaths that I have literally mourned uh, his passing when he died. It, it broke my heart. Um, if I can get, if I can get up here real quick, hopefully I can do this without making people seasick. Um, you know, I know we're talking about collecting and we're talking yeah. about collecting Star Wars and stuff like that. Um, there's one thing. I also kind of collect autographs. Mm-hmm. Um, this right here was probably oh. my greatest autograph in the world. Carol if you know Spinner. who that gentleman is? Yeah, that's Big Bird. That is Big Bird. That is Oscar the Grouch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I was probably, that was four years ago, so 45. Um, I was literally crying tears of joy oh yeah i, I wouldn't I be able that. to meet i wouldn't be able to meet carol spinney without getting a little verklempt myself i i the, and the best the best part is <clears throat> he actually signed one of my childhood sesame street uh vinyl albums oh, oh that's very cool i have it framed and uh if you know if you've never seen the the movie i am big bird mm-hmm. by all by all means, watch it because it, it, it roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 an incredible movie. Yeah. If you are that big into the Muppets and Jim Henson and things like that, 
yeah, watch it. Yeah, indeed, um, for sure, for sure. I listen. They, the their humor, the the heart of the Muppets, then and then just the technical aspect of everything would go on. Like you, it, it you really as a kid don't appreciate the artistic um, nature of what Henson and company were doing. And, oh, absolutely! Not. But but as you watch it, as you grow older, as you watch, and I'm talking like, like I'm not even getting into the Dark Crystal stuff or some of the other stuff. I'm talking about just the Muppet Show. They would do things on the Muppet Show with as he Jim Henson pushed technology the way that George Lucas did, and absolutely. and and it was and he was just yeah yeah just absolutely amazing to to see what they were doing and and the way they would do things and some of the behind the scenes stuff with like the Muppet movie where they're like. How do we get these guys outside? How do we make it look natural that they're outside? And and, and the work they would do is just is fantabulous. Have you have you got have you gotten into collecting any Muppet stuff at all? Or, or? um, I haven't. Hmm. Uh, that was I can't remember the name of the company that was doing the Muppet uh, action figures. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have loved to have gotten into it, but I think it was at a time when, you know, there were other things. And I hate to say that, that were more prominent to sure. take care of. Sure. That's, and that's another thing, you know, being a collector is about to, to know when to say, okay, uh, I can't afford this or I've got this Absolutely. coming, you know, and Wise. Yeah. It, being, being smart, uh, as opposed to being dumb and sleeping in your vehicle. Well, let me let me just throw this out to everyone, um, if if you're interested. I haven't bitten the bullet on this, but um, they do have at Big Bad Toy Store right now Diamond Select uh, Muppet Waves. They've got um, Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, Rolf, Scooter, uh, Beaker, and Bunsen. They've got a Swedish wow. chef. Um, and they've got an uh-huh. animal. And so, uh, all at big, bad toy store. And, um, and I, it's, it's everything I've been able to do to not just order some of these things because they look so cool. I don't think they're of the same line. I know what you're talking about. Those, those action figures that came back, uh, uh, maybe it was diamond select that was doing them. Um, and just had, they were putting them out left and right. And I was, and I was kind of in the same boat. I just wasn't in a position to be able to, to collect them though. I wanted to. The ones I I really always liked, uh, and I know he's out there, and I know one day I'm going to own him, was, I think it was Uncle Deadly. Yeah, Uncle, yeah. (laughs) He he was one of my favorites. See, I was, once again, I always enjoyed the monsters. Even, uh, didn't matter if it was the monsters on the Muppet Show, like uh, Sweetums and Torg. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the full size ones, or even you know just the regular hand puppets, yep. uh, or even like from Sesame Street, and a lot of people forget who he is. Frazzle. He was the red guy with the yellow horns. He had the sharp teeth, and he just had the tongue that hung out, and he really didn't talk. I yep. don't know who was the puppeteer, but he just like growled. Yes, yes. He was always one of my favorites. I've always enjoyed the monsters. Okay, the line that you and I are both thinking of is from Palisades. Toys the, that that we're yes. doing it, yeah. Diamond Select has a new has some waves out now, but uh, but Palisades was doing it. I just found the Uncle Deadly that is. Um, oh, he, don't tell me that. Uh, he's on. I, I'm looking at him on eBay right now. Buy it now, twenty five bucks basically. Um, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
a question for you Muppet guys. So when the when the Muppet show dropped on Disney Plus, how much time have you guys spent kind of going through some of those old episodes? None. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got the three seasons they released on DVD, and I've poked around on some of the ones that never got released on DVD, just kind of looking at them some stuff. But I haven't really taken the time to to sit down and, and watch through because my wife's not in the Muppets, and so that's one of those things I got to do in my own time. Um, but and Disney made me mad. Oh. They they really have, and I, I understand it's 2021, and those were filmed way back when. And that's all I'm going to say about that. This is about collecting and toys. Right. It's not about other things. But hey, read you, brother. But I have them. On, I have them on DVD, and uh, I can watch them whenever I want to. Yeah. It and and look, some of that stuff is so classic. I mean, like you, there. You know, I think a lot of Star Wars fans jump to the Luke Skywalker episode of of the Muppets as as being right. one. But when you have Christopher Reeve on an episode, you've got Sylvester Stallone, and then there are some that are just like uh, people I don't remember, but there are just some hilarious bits that they do on on some of those things. There's and then when they're just all getting to interact with each other, whether it's at the dance or the the pigs in space sketch or the um, you know the, the doctor dance skits. Oh my lord, <laughs> my just the way the one guy, the old guy with dancing with the, the very large woman he's just tap dancing mm-hmm, like yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's your favorite episode steve what's that what was your favorite muppet show episode oh my gosh um i, I always look at him like as far like by sketches that within the show um oh, yeah. you know i i love the birds jumping up and down on the wire doing take a chance on me by abba um, you know, that's, that's a great, there's, there's one sketch that Fozzie and Rolf are doing and Rolf is just kind of playing a song or whatever. And, and Fozzie comes in and he's like, Hey, he's carrying a fish. He's like, Rolf, ask me why I'm carrying a fish. And why are you carrying a fish, Fozzie? Oh, for the halibut. And then he just throws, you know, waka waka. And I yep. just, I love the, the intentionally corny jokes and stuff. I, I love the episodes with a through line, you know, where there, where there's always like a kind of a running gag. The John Cleese episode is hilarious to me because he wants to come on and not do anything goofy. Yeah. And they keep getting him into these these silly sketches oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, uh so, you know, I do like the Mark Ham. I love the Star Wars when I do. I do enjoy that one. That's a that's a classic one to me. Going back to the monsters, Alice Cooper. Yes, Alice Cooper was good. Yes. I have no idea who Alice Cooper was back then, but then of course Yep. Once the seniors come in, hey, Alice, I remember him on the Muppet Show, and I remember him singing that song. Yep, yep. And it, uh, probably one of my favorite skits. It's actually probably a tie between, uh, I believe, the very Muppet done uh, likenesses of Jim Henson and uh, Frank Oz, Frank Oz, mm-hmm. Jerry Nelson when they sing "Tomorrow." Yes. Yep. Yep. And. Frank Oz puppets back here on the yep. dog out <laughs> uh, That and the Kuzbanian uh, mating ritual. Yes, we're here. The, and they, yeah, like, whoop, whoop. yeah, and then they just run at each other. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the, the writing was incredible. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it was some great just jokes and you know 
corny, whatever you want to call it, but the writing was there. Well, there, they were, there was the intentionally corny stuff, like what was in the ballroom dance scenes and the Dr. Right. Bob, you know, the veterinarian's hospital and, and that sort of thing. But then there was some very subversive humor too, that like, as a grown up, you go back and you watch it, you're like, Oh wow. They threw that in there, you know? And, it, and it's just kind of like, okay, I see, I see you, Jim Henson and Muppet team. And so, and, and whenever you got the Muppets, out of the Muppet Show setting and onto the Tonight Show or oh, yeah. onto some talk show, you know, some other oh. late night talk show, you know, it's like suddenly they became like your your mischievous uncle, you know, with some of the jokes and stuff they would make. And you're just like, who yeah, are these it, people? Yeah, they weren't on PBS anymore. Or, right. You know. <laughs> right. They weren't in prime time anymore. Uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, I love and I love all the Muppet movies, I, the, especially those original three, you know. Oh, yeah. I've got a friend Scott Rifen who can't stand them up. It's Take Manhattan, but um, but man, for my money, those those three, while Jim Henson was still with us, are some of the best stuff that's out there. Um, Absolutely for Muppets, you know, it just but, yeah, even and like you know, like you say, you know, Jim Henson doing the turtle, the original uh, 1990 movie Turtle Suits. You know, he was looking at you know the mechanics and the heads and everything. I mean, with the servos and everything, and he's looking and looking. He's looking at the eyes of the turtles and mm -hmm. he's going something's wrong he actually puts small lights in in the eyes that could be rotated to make it look like the light was shining wow. off. Of i mean you know that's that's dedication to yeah. making something turn you know from two-dimensional to three-dimensional yeah. and bringing more life to it so have you ever gotten to go down to uh, to the MGM? Well, it used to be MGM Studios, Walt Disney Hollywood Studios down in Florida, and do the Muppet Theater. I have not. I feel like it's a missed <clears throat> opportunity. I would. I don't know if it's still there or not, but I'd love to. I think it's still there. I don't think they yeah. tore it down. I was worried when they were doing all the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, they did some some remodeling and stuff, but it's definitely still there. It doesn't have the same amount of space there at Hollywood Studios, but it's still there. If you if you're ever, if you ever make it, you know, for whatever reason, you save your shekels up and you're going down. You think you're just going to Galaxy's Edge? Get out of the Galaxy's Edge. Get out of Batu and go over to the Muppet Theater because it is it's one of the last things that Jim Henson actually did um, before his okay. before he died, and so it's Jim Henson. It's Jim Henson Kermit. And it's and they're talking about the new technology, you know, with the 4D, and it's just a 3D thing. But they're at one point they shoot bubbles at you, you get squirt in the face with a little spritz of water. Um, nice. Statler and Waldorf are up on the up on the balcony, you know, some animatronic Statler and Waldorf doing their jokes and stuff. And it just is, it is. When I went and saw it for the first time, when I was there and I saw it for the first time, um, it, it. I mean, I, it was one of those moments where I got a little choked up because. It had been so long since we just had zany, wacky, silly, and not modern joke Muppets. You know, like the thing about the Muppet Show is those jokes transcend, you know, time. They're, there's not a, they're not locked in. You, the hairdos of the, some of the guests, you know, the age of some of the, you know, the, the look of some of their special guests actually do look, you know, that they're what put the Muppet Show in a certain time frame. But sure. the jokes, the jokes and the, and the references don't. You know, nowadays with the Muppets, the stuff they've tried to do recently with Muppets, none of it, it all feels of its era. It all feels of its time rather than something beyond, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, it's silly humor. I mean, you know, look at some of those earlier skits, like where it's nothing but 
a black background and you've got people dressed in black and i can remember the like the arch kind yes of yes you know, and the little one comes over and he and kicks he it off. away and then the little one funny it was entertaining yeah it and... was actual rope. now the way that one ends up is the little one comes back over eventually and sticks his leg up and blows the big one away Yes. Like a cannon, yeah. Like Jim Henson, he would resort to some old cannonball humor, some explosion humor all the time. He oh, he sure. loved going. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was the one skit where they were on the other planet? Uh, the, oh, wait a minute. I can remember the purple guy, Hugga Wugga. Hugga Wugga, yeah. The, he had like the uh, fire extinguisher nose. Yeah, they were doing You Are My Sunshine. Yes. And then the Hugga Wugga guy would come up. Stuff and poof. <laughs> yeah, right. man. It was. <laughs> You had a Muppet called Crazy Harry that ran around and went, ah, bang, bang yeah. wrap up, yeah. <laughs> oh, so man. I love the Muppets, man. Love the Muppets. So, um, All right. Hey, I hate to interrupt the Muppet love That's here. fine. There is a question from the Facebook side, uh, kind of back to the collecting aspect. Your good buddy, uh, our good buddy Ricardo has a question. What is your favorite piece of, I guess you could say, in your geek room there, your favorite piece of your collection that you have? Favorite piece in my collection? Yeah. Well, you know, we sit there and we talk about <clears throat> our love for Ninja Turtles, and we talk about the love for Star Wars, but I think those. <gasps> now, for those that are listening, there is a Pac-Man, a Miss Pac-Man, and is that is that Centipede? Galaga. Or Galaga. Okay, Galaga, stand-up arcade. Now, these are full-size arcade games. They are they are the mid-size ones. They called them Cabaret. Okay. So they were kind of like for the bars and everything. They're not exactly gigantic full-size. Not the not big dangerous. cabinets, right. <clears throat> nice. But, nice. yes, they, uh, you know, Pac-Man took me uh, in the summer of 1980, and I can remember telling my father way back when I was eight years old, one day I'm going to own one of these. Well, I was 44, and I got it. Nice. nice. That is that is awesome, dude. That is That looks great. I, see, now we're going down. We go down video games if we're not careful. But I, I love, I still to this day love Miss Pac-Man. Uh, all three of them were operational, and all three of them take quarters. And if you don't have a quarter, you ain't playing. Oh, the price of admission? <laughs> uh, price of admission's a uh, dollar. Okay. Um, you you do get your quarters back because yes, I do own the keys to open everything up. Yeah. Um, and behind me, uh, you really can't see it, but there's a fourth one, uh, a tabletop Vanguard that I'm uh, trying to find the time to kind of get the buttons refurbished and change out a speaker and things like that. Mm. Um, that was a fine. That was found in a barn for a hundred bucks. Nice. nice. Well, Lucas knows all about those barn finds. Yeah. Oh, right now he, he's been, he's been rocking those sales with the barn finds lately. Nice. Find any of the uh, vintage twelve-inch uh, Star Wars action figure uh, accessories? Uh, you, you you let me know. Yeah. yeah, I see those back over your shoulder. What what do you have? You got all the the figures themselves, or? Oh no, you know uh, I've uh, I'm missing the expensive ones. You know IG eighty eight, Dawa. I think Chewbacca, although I think he's the cheapest. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know I have Boba Fett. Everything except the Wookie braids. Oh, you know, uh, 
everything. I got Luke Skywalker, except the lightsaber and the, uh, the, the grappling hook. Hey, I got Han Solo without the metal. To me as a collector, see, I didn't have those as a kid. Right. I don't care. It, it, it doesn't make a difference. Yes. I've got the most important part of Han. I have his blaster and his, his, uh, you know, holster and everything. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what it, what it means to me. Uh, you know, um, if that makes me a bad collector, because I'm not looking for everything that's meant in that uh, it's what, like I said, it goes back to what I had and what I didn't have as a kid. Right. Uh, yep. I agree. Yeah, I think that's, I think, like I said, I think that's part of the fun of the, of the collecting is just the whole idea of, you know, especially when you get into some of the older stuff, it's, I had this or I didn't have this and now I do. And it's great to have it finally, you know, well, that, that kind of thing. Here, since we were talking a little bit about everything else there, there's a, there's a little Undertaker love for you. Oh yeah. We didn't get into all that. We didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. And, uh, a little bit of Rowdy Roddy Piper too. Nice. You got Rowdy to, you got him to sign a coconut. That's awesome. That is awesome. And uh that's me and the man. Yeah. How was he and to I'm meet? Gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. Oh, well, okay, since I forgot to turn the thing around here, we'll 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 take a walk around the geek then. Well, there's some Deadpool. See, this is what I'm talking about, me being uh uh a casual collector. Yeah, I could go out and get everything, but no, I got the Hot Toys Deadpool. There you go. I had yeah. to have it because, you know, and, you know, little Ninja Turtle love. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't want to say, like I said, I'm a bad collector, but, you know, it's. It's what makes it, you happy. Yeah, I don't. It's, yeah, it's, I it's think. what makes you happy. I mean, if I don't get every single solitary piece. Right. You no, know, it's, it's okay. I mean, even going back to the original star wars line i mean 84 i started you know it started pooping out and everything and of course lucas wasn't going to make a fourth one uh, <laughs> last 17 i think i probably had maybe four or five of them yeah and here i am you know in 2020 going out and doing side jobs uh to pay a hundred and <clears throat> <laughs> Was that? Was that ninety nine that I never had? Right. Yeah. Because I mean, let's face it, we're all collectors. The last seventeen, there were so many that they could have done and they didn't do. Yep. yep. That should have been made. Yep. And I'm talking about you, Imperial dignitary. <laughs> <laughs> Old guy, five seconds in the movie and purple drope. Yeah. Uh, uh, purple robes. No. Han Stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> or or a Tarkin. Yes. Or a, or a Rebel Trooper from Tannin 4. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, I know we got Tarkin a few years ago in the, the new board game, but... It's not the same. It's not the same. You're absolutely right. It's uh, it's not the same. Um, even, the, even the retro lines. It's nice to see them out on the shelves because it brings you back to that at least to me brings me back to that childhood walking into Woolworths mm -hmm. yes Kmart I mean even for for the love of Pete thrift drug they Star Wars figures were everywhere yep. it wasn't just apartment stores 
it wasn't just, you know, the JCPenney, you know, winter catalog where all the tours were in the back and you would start circling. Right, right. Or you know, one star want, two stars need, three stars. I can't live without it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's nice to see those, you know, the retro lines on there, but then you go and see how they made the card. They tried to make the card, make the cards look beat With, up. Yeah. And, Yes. Yeah. Well, my thing is, it's like it's a great concept, and what they're doing, like with the Mandalorian characters right. and everything, to put those. On. To me, that's the smart money. Don't do beat up cards. Don't do the weathered look on the cards. Do the retro collection, and do figures that were never made in the seventies. Sure. Do the Tarkin. Do do the Han sure. in in Stormtrooper disguise. Do the Rebel Trooper, and then do some of these other things that have come out. I know you're not big on the prequels and all, but I mean, do a five points of articulation Darth Maul. Do a do a young Obi Wan and a Qui Gon Jinn. You know, see, right there. Like if they would have done, if they would have done like a Kenner style uh, Darth Maul, yeah, I would have bought it. I absolutely thought he was one of the greatest bad guys in the world. Yeah, I believe they saw him in half in Episode One. <laughs> I think he could have been, you know, he could have been really good all the way up till three. But once again, I didn't write the movies. Right. Sure. Well, the thing is, it's like, and I guess Kenner was still, was Kenner still around in, in 99? Had Hasbro bought Kenner yet? Because Kenner brought back. It was close. It yeah. was close. I think they did. But. Yeah, and so they were doing, but they were doing that newer. I mean, obviously it was all newer, but I think those original ones were kind of five points. But it wasn't like stick men you know, five points yeah, of articulation. Four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, and, um, and so I just think that, you know, but they, and they weren't on a vintage style card either. And so I feel like that's kind of the road that if I were Hasbro and they said, Hey, let's redo, you know, let's put out some of these figures that came out back in the day, just the way they did. I'd be like, nah, how about this? Why don't we really fire them up and do a retro style of things that there's never been on a retro card before, you know, on, on a vintage card before yeah. Do that. Un Michael Mercy calls it unfinished business, you know, and yeah. and and Absolutely. that's and that's kind of the route I'd go. But I, you know, but the thing is, there is a joy and a fun to this stuff, and and I think you do it right, man, Chevy, to just kind of you you collect what you like and you and you go with what you want, and you don't really get locked into completism or or yeah. or all this other stuff, and because because that way it doesn't become this stressful thing for you. It's this. It's this point of enjoyment for you, which is what it should be all yeah. be about. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like complete zen. I mean, you know, like I said, underneath the Undertaker, the stuff that I have, Undertaker. I mean, I've got the Boondock Saints stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, over there, like I said, the a lot of the Nika quarter action or quarter action quarter scale figures. Uh, you know, Toka Razor the. You know, Super Shredder, the Casey Mask, the two packs, uh, you know, up there, more Deadpool stuff, Ghostbusters stuff, which, you know, arcade games. And I mean, I've got movie wardrobe from uh, Boondock Saints 2. Mm. I've got props from the Boondock Saints 2. Uh, probably one of the funniest ones that I bought on a whim just, you know, because it was Johnny Knoxville. I've got Johnny Knoxville's pants his backpack uh, from mint black too i think i paid like 90 bucks for shipped i'm like oh, I, I can't believe i just bought this wow but 
I loved the movie. I thought I, I, Knoxville was always one of those guys that I'm like, he's got more brains than he does, you know, anything else. Maybe I said that wrong. He doesn't have a brains. <laughs> or maybe he's just fearless. One or the other. It, and I, I completely loved that character in that movie. And, uh, you know, how, how often can you own, like, an actual piece of, you know, movie wardrobe or whatever right. for, yeah. for 90 bucks? 90 bucks, yep, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's the only thing I could say is you, you collect what you, you like. It, you know, and even like, you know, Steve and Lucas, like, we were talking even at the very beginning when you asked, you know, where did your collecting start? It started, you know, really it started with the Ninja Turtles mm -hmm. because the vintage Star Wars stuff was at the time just toys. But with the vintage Ninja Turtle line, it was, look, there's three new ones. I right. have to go have <laughs> Right. You know, and then, it, you know, it, and it was just, you know, saving up, saving up. Okay. Well, I missed this line or I missed this one. Okay. Now we're going to start bouncing from Toy Store to Toys R Us to this one to this one to see if we can find this guy, this guy, this guy. And, you know, that's where it started. You know, that's where the obsession came for collecting. Yep. But now, you know, all those years later, once you get married and you have house and you have a house payment and you have a truck payment and you have to worry about bills and everything else, you I'm not saying that it deters from your collecting, but maybe it wisens you up to what you want to collect, how much you want to collect, and what pieces you want to collect. Yeah, you have to learn to collect differently. You have to learn to collect smarter, and you have to learn to, to really kind of focus in on what really matters to you and what's going to bring you the most enjoyment as a collector. You know, because, yeah. because, you know, for so long, if I'm just trying to collect and just complete something just for completism's sake... You know, like I say, eventually that becomes a stressor. It doesn't become something I enjoy. I start getting stressed as I'm running out on toy hunt after toy hunt after toy hunt, not finding anything. And I need this one more piece to collect this wave or to finish this line off, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so I had to back up way back and be like, you know what? I'm going to focus in on this area or this thing. And, 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 and Nika proved that recently, even with the, you know, the cartoon releases of the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find those, and I was like, you know what? That's it. I can't go down this rabbit hole if I'm doing this over here. Right. And, then, and yeah, you know what? There were a bunch that I would have liked to have gotten my hands on, and I did have them, and I would just looked at them and went, I fought off three guys uh, with a hammer trying to get this one April uh, two-pack, and I'm like, it, it's not even worth it. Yeah. Okay, so somebody else wanted it go on you know the facebook groups hey look this is what for here's what i want for it if it's going to make you happy if it's going to complete your collection go for it and i really ultimately think that's what collecting is about helping everybody out yeah. uh, and trying to get that one piece or a couple pieces of you know action figures or or whatever it is yeah. to you know, I have a I have a good buddy. I believe he's on Chewie's Cantina. He is into the Marvel Legends, and he really likes them. And he, you know, if I'm out and about, and I see a couple, of, it, it doesn't make a difference if it's at a Target, Walmart, or if I'm at a private store. I'll take a picture and send it to him. 
Hey, you looking for this one? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll pick it up for him. Here you go. Yeah. You know, that's what what it's about. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's, that's really what it, and that's one of the things that I've enjoyed about the canteen is that's kind of the, the atmosphere that's been developed there and, and, and just kind of the, the, the camaraderie mostly of helping each other find things. And, you know, we're not necessarily about ripping each other off or, or like, I found this and I bought five of them. Now everyone pay me X amount of dollars for it. You know, it's, it's like, and that's where that, that right there, what you just said. Yeah. You know what? I went to target and I cleaned, uh, cleaned up when I got, you know, picked up all the whatever, the 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 two packs of uh casey and the ninja turtles right. or this and that okay they were 40 49.99 or whatever it is 50 bucks a pop. okay i want 175 dollars plus 25 dollars shipping and handling i need the uh you know the written consent of this and that i need your blood uh thanks <laughs> are right. high yeah that actually, and and all that last year and everything actually kind of almost got me out of this yep mm. Because that's not what it's about, yeah. you know. Um, and there's other groups that I have been part of, uh, without naming names. I got out of them because it was vicious. It, it was really vicious. I mean, hey, you know, a small piece of forty-three-year-old plastic that goes to a certain action figure. Oh, that has Star Wars written all over it. Yeah. 80 bucks. Yeah, um, it's $275,000 for the, no, yeah. it just, I know it's a big exaggeration, but you know, it's just, yeah. Well, even, you know, yeah, we, we've, I've talked with other people about the idea of how they feel about re, repro stuff versus, um, versus vintage, you know, versus the actual stuff. I know we're not supposed to say those words and everything, but okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my dissertation on repro. <laughs> well, I'm here's, here's, here's my, here's my thoughts in a, in a heartbeat. And this may get me kicked out of the cantina, but I feel like you take something like, um, like the A-wing pilot gun, which is like literally the flashing of plastic off of a mold is how big that thing is. Like it's nothing. And, and you throw a, you throw an actual, yeah, you throw an actual one up on, up on eBay and you're, and people are paying 88, 90 bucks for it, you know, but, a, but one that just happens to be that someone was able to get it, make a mold and make them at home. Pretty good is five, 10 bucks. And suddenly I'm a bad guy for having a, having a complete looking weapon, you know, complete looking figure on my shelf. And I didn't pay out the nose for it. And then, and I'm killing the market and I'm being deceptive and I'm an evil guy. I don't buy all that. No, you're not planning to sell it. I mean, it's for your collection. Uh, but also, if I have a if I have a car, if I have a vintage, uh, you know, Mustang, and I've had to replace some parts on it, and I'm, you can't find the original. You know, like I can't find the original parts, but I find something a retooled part. You know, I find a part that is that is made for this, and it's and it, but it's not the original. You know, it doesn't devalue that vehicle. My vintage star wars collection there was one piece that i don't have and that's a true black blaster for my stormtrooper luke Hmm. and i'm going to tell you right now gentlemen i'm never going to own a true black blaster (laughs) i am not paying over 120 dollars for a piece of plastic that small 
Right. He's holding a blue-black blaster. It is an Imperial blaster. It is of vintage style, and it is of vintage heritage, whatever you want to call it. Right, right. And it works because when I was a kid, I knew Stormtrooper and the Death Squad commander, and those guys had those guns. I didn't care what color it was. Right, right. I knew Han Solo had this blaster. I knew Greedo and Snaggletooth had the same blaster. Mm -hmm. Blue, true blue, black, true blue, green, (laughs) uh, green, gray with the slate. I, you know, and once again, it's another thing that makes collecting make makes me want to just go. That's it. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. You know. you got people screaming about repro. Yes, you know what? If you want to have a repro thing, by all means, do it. Yep. But if I'm going to sell something and go, okay, here's my whatever. Here's my Stormtrooper Luke. Helmet's real. It has been verified. It has a repro weapon. If you want the repro weapon, I'll throw it in for nothing. Or if I am going to list it, I'm going to take that Reaper weapon and go. Yeah. Right. You know, personal integrity there. I mean, because you're a full disclosure. You Absolutely. Got, if you got people passing stuff off, that's a different animal. Yeah. Well, guys, I do have I do have a confession. Because, Uh-oh. Yes, because we're talking about vintage collections. We're talking about those things. Um, I guess it was a couple of years ago I finished my run. Um, Jay Capshaw, another Cantina member, helped me finish that up with a pop-up uh, R2 that he had got for a great price. But I've got to tell you guys on Monday, Monday, um, a wing pilot uses the blaster on Tuesday. The Imperial gunner uses the blaster (laughs) on Wednesday. I only have one blaster (laughs) between those guys. That's all the time. (laughs) I'm not getting another one. I was crazy enough to get some of the other stuff I've gotten. I finally drew the lines like this is this is out of hand. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, sir. Yeah, don't blame me at all. Yeah. Oh, I see the Hulk. I see the Hulk's hand. Oh, did I say? Yeah, I'm just sitting here messing around with some stuff. <laughs> I <thought laughs> just, you know, me, Lucas. While we're doing this, I sit here and pose figures and stuff. So. <laughs> we were allowed to play with toys while we were doing it the whole time. That's yeah. That's that's what I do every time I'm doing one of these things, man. I just sit here and. And fiddle with a toy. I'm like a child on a trip. Which toy do you want to take with you today, Steve? So. Yeah, he's got a backpack wherever he goes. Well, guys, Not that being said, we are, we are kind of kind of coming up to the end here. Uh, I think we've had some. Man, I didn't realize all this stuff about you, Chevy, but the Muppets and uh, you know and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just knew you as the Star Wars guy. So I'm, I'm so thankful you took some time to hang out with us tonight. And plus, we dug into some some real heart of what it is to be a collector. Um, so I think it's been good. You know what? And like I said, Stephen Lucas, I, I appreciate you guys wanting me to come on and talk. I mean, hey, you know what? It, it's nice to be able to BS about stuff like this without people going, "What are you a nerd?" Yes, <laughs> I am. Well, that's that's and what it's all about, there's man. More, there's more of us out there than there are of you. So <laughs> apparently, you know, you throw the nerd symbol up in the sky and have us all rush you. There you go. It, it, it really is nice to be able to talk and, you know, hey, you know what? Like I said, you guys learned a little bit about me. I learned a little bit about, about Steve with his wrestling and the Muppets and everything. And I learned that Lucas cheats with his A-Wing blaster. That's right. That's right. Uh, 
Well, we really didn't get into all the wrestling stuff, but we don't have time for that. I, that's a that's a whole other show, Chevy. So we'll have to we'll have to jump in on some of that, you know, and and discuss was the best Undertaker match, the WrestleMania 25 match, or the uh, the casket match with Shawn Michaels back in the day. I don't know. I, that's just kind of the, the what, one that I was at in uh, King of the Ring 1998 in Pittsburgh when I watched Mick go off the cage. Were you there? Absolutely, and I'm wow. actually on the as well shut your mouth uh there you go we can't go out any better than that all right awesome well i want to thank everyone for joining us over at the cantina and and those of you guys that were with us live on facebook we thank you so much for that for those that joined us at mixer.com slash goalverse and for those who are picking us up on the podcast feed or i guess lucas is this going to get posted on the youtube or are you able to do that i don't know yeah i can do it as soon as we're done it'll clear i'll download it and throw it up on youtube and so for those of you that are at youtube don't forget to like and subscribe all that good stuff and uh for everyone else we appreciate you and would love to hear from you geek out online at gmail.com or head over to geekoutonline.com slash cantina and join up with one of the best collecting groups out there today for lucas for sean chevalier i'm steve glosson we'll see you again soon around the goal have a good one everybody